0: Play it now with Game Pass. Hold on to your butt. Come on, sucker. Let's get it on. Oh, you want to fight? You want to fight? I do not entertain hypotheticals.
1: The world as it is is vexing enough.
0: You don't know anybody named Irish? I don't know nobody named Irish.
1: Can I have a piece of toast? I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Western demands.
0: Or whatever movies with Wesley and Irish. What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I am your co-host, Iris, and I am here with my older brother,
1: Wesley. And today we are talking a movie newly available on HBO Max, The Has-Been.
0: The original title of The Way Back was The The, (laughs) Has-Been?
1: It's the worst title ever. It actually gives me hope that spec scripts in Hollywood can be produced with as terrible titles as The Has-Been. Now, Goodwill Hunting is a little bit deeper, but that might as well have been called The Math Genius. So I decided that The Way Back is the sequel to Goodwill Hunting. And Chucky moves out of Boston. He follows Will to LA, and Will dies in a tragic math accident. And Chucky is left to fend for himself. He tries to ditch the Boston accent, and uh, then his alcoholism takes hold. And he told Will back in the day, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'll be 50 and still doing this. And you've got a real chance. So now he's 50 and still working construction, and he's now a high-functioning alcoholic.
0: Well, high-functioning is questionable. I think this is really just the parallel universe life of Ben Affleck. It felt so real life to Ben Affleck. I felt very sympathetic But it wasn't for the character of Jack. It was more for Ben Affleck. Aww. And to a certain extent, Angela as Jennifer Garner in this movie.
1: (laughs) Is that a testament to Ben Affleck's acting ability?
0: Ben Affleck definitely found himself in this role of Jack. He's just very sad.
1: Ben (laughs) Sadflick?
0: I mean, maybe you just don't ever recover from this kind of stuff.
1: I mean, but look, he wasn't Nicolas Cage leaving Las Vegas drunk sad. He wasn't life falling apart, getting fired, going to Vegas to die. Spoiler. He was getting up every day, going to a dangerous job that required focus and concentration. Now, him falling on hard times, I guess, and and talking about him being construction is not a bad thing. I know lots of people who work construction. It's just this idea of... Ben Affleck going from being a high-profile movie star and director to a construction worker and that feeling like it mirrors his real life, right? But uh, when he gets the job out of the blue to coach these kids, he showed up every single day. And it wasn't until he was fired kind of later in the movie when he woke up and was out of sorts and stumbled to the practice, probably against His best interests, and other than that, I was thinking like, when did he find time to do all this drinking? Because yeah, we had we had shots of him at the bar and stuff, but he was awfully busy with the basketball for a while. When in fact did he have time for his full time construction job, which he didn't leave?
0: I can see how he would balance a construction job, which probably starts hella early, like butt cracking on early, and then gets out in time for the kids to go into practice at three or four o'clock. So I think in the time where he was coaching the basketball team and they were succeeding and apparently he was waiting for the birthday party, which took a very, very long time. They had a long lead time for that birthday party. He wasn't really drinking that much.
1: Yeah, they mentioned it. She invited him and then they played like 30 basketball games. And when he showed up, I was like, that was the (laughs) birthday party that she mentioned, like, you know, at the beginning of the movie. It's been like six months.
0: Yeah. They've got to be playing four or five games a week. Right. For that to make sense timeline wise, because I don't know who plans a birthday party like six months in advance. You plan it far in advance, but you don't like invite people six months in advance. I know
1: exactly when my birthday is going to be next year. I'm off the charts with the jokes today. Swish.
0: How is that even a joke?
1: So I think that one of the problems of the movie is juggling a few different elements and they did try to do a lot not only his personal life but his professional life his married life or the aftermath of his married life and uh his dead child which we found out about halfway through the movie and yeah. maybe it was a slow burn but there were a few elements that were disconnected enough so that it didn't quite jibe we brushed up against these time these inconsistencies in playing with the timeline I
0: thought it was pretty consistent throughout
1: Consistently inconsistent.
0: It was consistent. There weren't plot holes. He interviews for the coaching job, or he has the initial discussion, rather, with the priest or the father. And he asks, married, kids? He's like, separated, no kids. And he's not lying. I mean, he doesn't have a kid.
1: Uh, uh, that's hard. That's a, a terrible thing that would probably drive anyone to do self-destructive things. I will say this movie did feel real a lot of the times in that respect. Everyone criticized Ben Affleck for his more fantastical roles, but as a solid, just normal guy, I think he's a decent actor. I think he can carry off the restraint required to keep a level face when the lady says, we're so excited about the possibility of having you back. And he doesn't tip his hat. He doesn't go off when his dead son is mentioned. Um,
0: in the quickie mart when he has the exchange with the dude who's like, hey, he like is able to have real normal interactions without having to go big.
1: Or yeah. And, and maybe he was just waiting to get outside to booze it up. But I do feel like the one of the best scenes in the movie was him considering the decision to take the coaching job. He starts out. I really appreciate the opportunity. I'm not I don't feel like it's the right time. He gets a little bit more belligerent the drunker he gets. And then at the end, he's just slurring and stumbling around. So it wasn't an over-the-top portrayal of drunkenness or being drunk or acting out. When he gets drunk, he seems to get more sedate and he just can't seem to function. I don't think him functioning and slurring, aside from the car accident scene was the focus of the movie. It was more the concept of his drinking and how it derailed his otherwise promising life because he was on top of it with coaching. He was insightful and uh, and understood uh, everything that was happening with the game and the kids. This wasn't a movie about how he lost his job or hit rock bottom because he was a stumbly around Nicolas Cage level drunk.
0: It seems like he hits rock bottom in this movie when he's when they find him unconscious in the street after having broken into the house and crashed the car either that's a testament to the crafting of the story or the restraint in his acting but he's definitely an addict and a pretty messed up drunk but
1: we lost kind of the thread of him drinking to excess in the haze of basketball so much so that i was struggling throughout this movie to determine what the symbolism of the basketball was if any was it just the distraction did it just happen to be the game or was there something deeper in there
0: We know from the conversation with Brandon in the car that basketball represented Jack's father's love for Jack. And then Jack shuns basketball and therefore saying F you to his dad. And then it also kind of symbolized him being or becoming the man that he was meant to be, or that he says in his amends conversation with his wife, that you saw in me Like, I want to become that man. And I think that basketball kind of symbolizes that potential in him as a man.
1: In a sort of insert sport here kind of way. It didn't necessarily have to be basketball. The intricacies of basketball weren't essential to the plot or symbolic in any way.
0: It's just a matter of context. Like, you know, the sport is football because in Texas and Friday Night Lights, football is everything. Like, the sport is basketball because L.A. is a basketball town.
1: Yeah. And so when we were growing up, it was all about Lakers basketball through dad and I guess Clippers to a lesser extent. And so we never watched football very much. I ended up with a white lady whose family watches a lot of football. And I found myself confused by this game that I didn't grow up with. You know, they're like cheering at the moments that I don't know what's happening. And so for this movie in a strange way, Kelly was on the outside and I don't profess to be a basketball expert or a super fan, but I could at least follow it because of our upbringing in a way that she really couldn't, they were, you know, constructing plays and stuff and the dynamics of the team based on their roles. And the tallest guy was expected to do X and he was doing this instead. And, uh, I followed it closely enough and we got into this parallel world from his drunken personal life to his strangely present coaching life where he seemed like a really good coach. And when those two worlds collided, things really fell apart. So was this a sports movie? I guess in the same way, was Jerry Maguire a sports movie? Different kind of movie. But this director, Gavin O'Connor, also did Miracle, which is definitely a sports movie. And he did Warrior, which was an MMA movie and similar in theme in that it was much more uh, about the personal relations, but also it culminated in the Spartan Challenge MMA match in a way that this movie didn't. Would you recommend it to dad, say, as a sports fan, as a basketball fan?
0: It's a basketball backdrop movie. Yeah, I'd recommend it to dad because I think he'd enjoy it on multiple levels. But it's the basketball really is a function of Jack's story arc. They're making it into the playoffs, coincides with him kind of seeing a glimpse of who he could be if he's able to pull himself out of this funk, this very deep, dark funk that he's in. And then, yeah, they go on to play in the playoffs but we don't really get that's not really the point the point is that you know they're off to what is potentially greener pastures and you know from the ending i'd say maybe jack is too
1: and we focus on him playing basketball presumably in heaven by the coast there which is actually the park in <laughs> san, san pedro by the korean friendship bell
0: right the one that's in usual suspects yep Yeah, it's a beautiful park.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's the only basketball court like that in America, I'm guessing.
0: Pretty prime real estate for a park.
1: Especially when they open that wide shot up, and it looks like there's nothing there except a basketball court on a hill. Now, I've never played on that court, so I don't know what happens when you lose a ball down that hill, but it Mm -hmm. looks great.
0: It must have been a great VFX shot, because at some point they had to have swapped out Ben Affleck for a basketball stunt actor, right? Because that guy (laughs) was sinking them, and... I was thinking if you don't pick up a ball for 30 years plus, you don't kind of get right back at it like that unless you're like really expecting to hurt yourself. Like remember when dad took us out to the driveway and was like, let's play a three man game or something. Yeah. And he would be all like dribbling between his legs and like elbowing us in the chest and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would be like wrecked for a week. Like, he would be so sore he couldn't move because he at his engineering job sitting behind a desk and pushing pencils and papers, like, he was just not accustomed to that kind of physicality.
1: I mean, hitting the shots is one thing. But Ben Affleck, with a little bit of alcohol puffiness, uh, was also super yoked. He was the Batman, so definitely physically he can keep up. But sinking those shots must have taken some practice because he admitted he was not a basketball guy. And he was pretty open about the fact that he didn't watch a lot of basketball or wasn't the hugest basketball fan and had to learn the intricacies of coaching and what everything meant in a way that was pretty cool he did a good job
0: he seemed like a great coach he seemed appropriately tough and he communicated his love and care for the game he warmed up to the guys he earned their respect he was a disciplinarian when he needed to be and he was a kind of a big softy when he could be he seemed like a great coach for someone who Never coached before, right? Like he was just very convincing in that character.
1: I guess the idea being that he was a player and knew the ins and outs of basketball and what it was like to be coached and thus how to approach other players for coaching the
0: game. Oh, yeah. Some of the best coaches in the world, like Pat Riley. and
1: Most of the coaches, I would guess, in the NBA. Steve Nash just got a head coaching job.
0: Yeah, Phil Jackson.
1: Yeah. So when he does hit rock bottom through his drinking and things, that's mirrored in when he starts to melt down and starts to swear at the game and gets ejected. Oh, he had got two technicals and got ejected. And I think that was the beginning of the bender, right? And his co workers could track that fall and coinciding with the beer cans on the office floor, got him outright fired. Didn't even give him a second chance, which was kind of brutal, but he seemed to be this, this movie, in fact, seemed to be real in the sense that the kids talk almost, kinda, sorta, I guess, like kids talk, or at least how real people talk, because this movie got an R rating and for nothing other than swearing and, I guess, the adult concepts of drinking and, and boozing with some bar chick. But I didn't get a sense that his ejection from the game was alcohol-related, necessarily, right? Did you?
0: It was impulse control-related. It's the symptom of the same ailment. He wasn't drunk and belligerent at the game, but I do think you're right in that it was the beginning of the end. The real trigger was going to the hospital and seeing Miguel and his wife freak out because their son gets some kind of really bad diagnosis, and then it's all done for Jack. He has to run to his coping mechanism, and he has a too wild night that results in him getting fired. He would have been better off not showing up for practice that day, He was driven by some kind of commitment to the team, which ended up being, ironically, his downfall. But had he not shown up, maybe things would have gone differently for him. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth.
1: We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see... We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become?
0: Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass.
1: The fact that he was woken up and confused and disoriented and jumped out of bed and said, you know, in his mind, it was, I have to be at practice right now. Throw on my coat that I keep wearing and show up at the game. And... If he had had his wits about him, if he hadn't woken up late, he might have understood, oh, this is not going to happen. I have to call in sick. A lot of hard stuff in this movie. His marriage crumbling, I guess long gone, felt real to me. The fact that this movie didn't culminate in them winning the big championship and him getting back together with his wife and the other kid getting better was a good sign that we were firmly basing it in reality. He wasn't a superhero alcoholic. He was a very real alcoholic. And this movie wasn't about the end result. Or the destination. The way back is a road. And at first I resisted the fact that we don't find out what happened to the kids. Granted they went from one of the worst ranked non-competitive not playoff making teams to being in the playoffs. But we never saw that payoff. Because this movie wasn't about their payoff. And it wasn't even about Jack's payoff. It was more about him taking a step in the right direction. It was the way back. But for a lot of the movie, I was trying, so is he going to get better? Is it, are we going to see the way back? Because this seemed as much about his descent as it did his way back. Hmm. Did you have a problem with cutting away from the kids to see him shooting free throws? or the fact that he was never reinstated, nor did he go to the game where they could show him their support and be, oh, captain, my captain, and do it for him. They did it for him, (laughs) but he doesn't know that.
0: He gets fired, and the priest and the chaplain share the news with the team, and there's no real resolution for that relationship, Jack's relationship with the team. That felt a little left unfinished, but the team itself gets its resolution, and I think that's symbolized in Brandon's journey seeing his dad come to the playoff game And Brandon kind of stepping into his own as the captain of the team. He starts the game. He starts the playoff game barking orders, taking charge, and stepping into his own as a person. For a kid, a few words, when he says words, they're pretty impactful. I mean, the first kind of real sentence he says to Jack is, so my dad tells me that you got a full ride and that you blew it. Like, he just goes right for the punch. Like, you can tell the kid is a sharp kid and there's a lot going on up there. And the fact that he comes into his own is symbolic of the team coming into its own. And I felt like it was a decent resolution for the team.
1: So I didn't admit it at first, the first time you said it, but this time it wasn't until about 20 seconds in that I remembered who Brandon was. (laughs)
0: I captain.
1: it's hard for me to say this without sounding bad in one way or another, but I didn't care about these kids. They might as well have been tough kids who were in some trouble and needed some help and some guidance, or they were going to be out on the streets. You know, I mean, I've worked on basketball shows like that. All of these kids are six feet tall or under, except for the one kid who was six, two or something, which is still shorter than their coach. And none of them were going to make it to the NBA, the basketball stuff. And Jack's life, personal life and tribulations were so separate that I was like, okay, there's some kids and there's the the one kid who does this and the one kid who does that. But I didn't track there's Brandon's like, journey, really.
0: There's like the the Casanova kid and the shy kid who comes to be the captain kid. And then there was the kid who lies about his mom sending him to coach's house when in actuality, he just loves the game and he needs to play it. I mean, maybe they were like typical archetypal high school kids or whatever, but we were intended to invest some of our interest in them.
1: Yes, I think they were all facets representing the encompassing life of a teenage basketball high school kid. And they each had their own little trait or whatever to make them stand out. But it's like this. This wasn't a white savior movie, I would venture to say, because he failed spectacularly at saving them. Maybe he did, but he didn't certainly didn't save himself and was not in a position of power. He was no Michelle Pfeiffer. And dangerous minds. But uh, nobody remembers the kids from that movie either. They were some tough kids. And that's what you need to know. And we're focused on Michelle Pfeiffer. And in this case, we're focused on Ben Affleck as evidence for the fact that we don't know what happened to those kids, except that they went into the playoffs.
0: They went into the playoffs and into life, better equipped to handle what's coming at them.
1: So they were saved.
0: They were helped along the way, along Jack's way back to wherever it was he was going. So you didn't care about the kids, and you kind of didn't care about Jack. Did you care about anything?
1: I tracked the storytelling because I wanted to find out how this movie would be different. Frankly, how Ben Affleck would turn down the Batman to do smaller movies, as he said, which he did say mirrored his own life and more stories that he wanted to tell, but he had had his moment of not maybe choosing the best projects. He's gotten more selective, and I wondered what it was about this one that caught his eye, other than the alcohol parallel. That's not enough. Well,
0: he worked with Gavin O'Connor on The Accountant. It was quizzical to me, for sure, seeing Ben Affleck in this movie. It felt small, narrow... He brings his star power to this film and maybe helps it get made where it otherwise wouldn't. But it it was odd to me. He is so talented as a filmmaker, as a writer, and as a director. He is beyond talented. As an actor, he's pretty decent. And to see him in a role where I feel like he's taking such a limited role as a storyteller, basically just showing up as an actor in this relatively small movie... And it works. Everything about it kind of works. And if The Way Back was one of the first dramatic films I'd ever seen, like just starting my cinematic journey, I'd be like, that was a really good movie. But unfortunately, as someone who has a little bit more experience, I saw it as pretty generic.
1: The point that they were trying to make in creating a movie that was, as Ben Affleck said, intentionally different, subverting the genre and Doing things that were unexpected felt, for this kind of movie, contrary to purpose. I guess some of the interviewers would ask him, "What's if you could encompass this movie in one word? Uh, hope, uh, dedication. The fact that we didn't get the payoff on a lot of the things that would typically push the button for inspirational movies of this type. You know, reconciliation with his wife, the team winning their spot." in the playoffs, if not the championship altogether. Him that being there where one of the players doesn't take the three-point shot that he was ragged about and instead is a team player and leads an assist that leads to the game-winning shot and then he looks at Ben Affleck in the stand and points to him knowingly and, you know, they exha- share an exchange. All that stuff wasn't present and I felt like it should have been to more of an extent that it was in this movie. They should have called this movie... movie glossing over stuff because a lot of the stuff that they set up they were like oh the kid's sick and that's it and we're never going to see that kid again and oh he got you know fired from his job and how, how is he going to reconnect with the team to see them all the way through to the end of their journey and they never really dealt with that
0: yeah these things weren't important as a function of jack's narrative
1: and that seems to be the point so what was the way back's ultimate message do you think
0: this is jack's chance at redemption and not just a back on the wagon kind of redemption but a true encounter with who he is how he got there and if he can become the man that he has the potential to be
1: accepting his wife letting her go reconnecting with his nephew and moneybags martha and at least earning her <laughs> respect right and his family's respect because everyone kind of tolerated him and put up with him until he brushed up against no-nonsense catholic school who fired him You know, based on an incident, I really it was hard for me when I realized he wasn't going to come back. It wasn't going to be, you know, you've proved to us that you deserve another chance. It was a no tolerance policy, like they said, and he was fired.
0: And he says, please don't do this, please. I'm trying to help or help me. And they say, we're trying to help you, too. And I think that's the kind of boundaries that people need to set with addicts.
1: I mean, we've watched enough intervention to know that the whole idea is the threat that we love you and we are here for you, and we need you to do this thing to better yourself, or we have to completely cut you out of our lives altogether, and that can't be just a threat so that they understand that the stakes are irrevocable and the consequences are lasting and true. And unfortunately, there are lots of people who don't have that love and support and those stakes. And there are also lots of people who ultimately, maybe through no fault of their own, discover that their need for drink or drugs or whatever the case may be, is simply stronger than their need for family. And that was almost the theme of Gavin O'Connor's Warrior. Just the Nick Nolte character had the problem. And uh, life goes on and they go through the motions in spite of one character being completely sidelined by addiction.
0: Oh, yeah. I forgot Nick Nolte was in Warrior because I was way too distracted by Tom Hardy's abs.
1: (laughs) And his weird shoulder neck things.
0: Yeah, they're called traps. They're scary.
1: And they're hot. But Nick Nolte was the best thing about Warrior.
0: Besides Tom Hardy's abs?
1: Sure. I do love me some Tom Hardy abs. So Kelly's sister, shout out to Kristen is also a big Tom Hardy fan. And recently we watched Inception for the purposes of preparing for Tenet. And that's maybe, Eames is a little bit slimy. He's kind of unshaved, but he is consistently in his suit and he's the polished Tom Hardy. And still Kelly was like, I just, I don't understand what she sees in that dude.
0: He was like bursting out of that suit. It was like that suit could barely contain him.
1: All right. Settle down.
0: He's gotten a little weird. Um, but back in the day he had those luscious puffy lips and the you know, way the back accent and
1: Ben Affleck.
0: It was hard to see him all puffy. Like I kind of wondered if he was in a, like a beer belly fat suit. Ben Affleck's kind of a slight dude. It's deceiving because he looks like he's a, a strong built dude presence in movies, but like Brad Pitt, he's kind of slight in real life.
1: Definitely looked pretty puffy in this movie, and he's like six four. He was taller than all of those would-be NBA aspiring basketball players.
0: Why did he have to screw it up with Jennifer Garner, and his beautiful family? Like, I don't know. Seriously, he's... why did? I mean, that's not
1: his biggest mistake in life. Have you seen his tattoo? No. Oh, his tattoo is absurd. What is they it? They showed Jennifer Garner this giant, multicolored, colorful like phoenix bird that covers his entire back, and she was like, "Aw, bless his heart."
0: Oh, this was a post-Jennifer Garner tattoo?
1: Oh yeah, he's like sitting on the beach and he takes off his shirt and it broke the internet and Jennifer Garner was like, aw, poor Ben, I hope he's okay. Anyway.
0: She just seems like a good person.
1: So for some reason, after having watched this movie, a song has been in my head and I cannot help but think that of all the successes, and there were some successes and failures in the way back, the music was maybe the most overbearing. The music really wanted us to believe that it was a contemplative, sad, reflective, piano-type movie.
0: Yeah, it was very distracting, especially when they're playing basketball. You know what the music's all about, right?
1: What it's all about?
0: What it was a alike for. It was all explosions in the sky. What was it? friday night light style
1: so that makes sense obviously we're tracking sports movies that are not really about sports but the interpersonal dynamics of the people who play the sports and all that stuff you know what i was waiting for was the counting crows song
0: Ooh, which one
1: and then i realized that this is kind of a counting crows movie if you made a movie out (laughs) of a counting crows song but specifically goodnight la was in my head just after this movie and for days afterwards it was very sad.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Not a not a great hook to it. But yeah, you know, he's got the angsty, still trying to find himself at 50 vibe going on. Yeah, I can see that. Well, I like The Counting Crows. I really like Ben Affleck. I like small dramatic movies that are more about character than perhaps anything else, a character's journey. But I didn't really like The Way Back. From a technical filmmaking point of view, it was simply crafted. From a storytelling point of view, it was well crafted. It just wasn't anything new.
1: It was definitely a type of movie, and it was moderately successful of that type. But I did feel the gaps of wanting to wrap up some of the storylines better. I think they glossed over a few of the more serious themes in favor of time. It was just a movie that had a lot going on in it that they never successfully resolved anything, including Ben Affleck's Ultimate Journey, but I felt it. It felt real to me. Uh, I liked the fact that they were not aiming for commercial prospects, that they were going to talk the way people talk, and there was a lot of swearing and it was unvarnished, but without being cartoonish drunkenness. And The Way Back was, in that respect, successful. It was not his best movie. It was not the best movie of this type, but it was an alright movie. Is that your official rating? Alright. I struggled a little bit, but in lower, maybe on the lower end, but all right.
0: All right. So The Way Back gets an all right from Wes, a boring from Iris. Um, well, now I kind of feel bad.
1: Or whatever movies is not a destination. It is not an all-encompassing rating. We don't put it on the posters. It's a journey.
0: Yeah, but you got to sum it up, right? I guess. The fact that The Way Back exists, I think, is a good thing for cinema. I don't think it's a bad movie. It just didn't quite do it for me. Nobody cares about the review because they care about our discussion. They care about the... What do they care about us bringing to Or Whatever Movies?
1: Just some insight that would help them formulate their own opinion.
0: We'd like to know if our discussion has helped solidify your opinion on the way back. Please let us know. 818-835-0473 is our hotline. Or whatever movies at gmail.com. Send us an email. Let us know what you think. But most importantly, please subscribe to our podcast Follow us on Instagram and share us with your friends. So thanks for listening. And anything else do you want to say, Wes? Good night, Good night LA. L.A. We'll see you next time. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning into to Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. Tricast.